Good morning, everyone. The death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the most important event of our Christian faith because it expresses the fullness of God's love for us. Although this love is beyond the ability of any human to fully understand, this period of the great fast helps us to grow in our appreciation of our identity as sons and daughters of the risen Christ. In his letter to the Philippians, St. Paul speaks about the Christian journey of better understanding the risen Christ. He says, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as nothing, in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Yes, we as Christians must daily want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection in order that we too might be able to rise with him. However, we will not discover this in passing or by accident, but will only draw closer to the risen Christ if we take time to look for him and to purposely walk with him, first on the road to his death, and then we continue on the road to his resurrection. Tomorrow, we begin the period of the great fast, where traditionally people ate no meat, fish, or dairy products. In this traditional full fast, only shrimp, clams, and shellfish is permitted, as these could easily be gathered and quickly cooked especially in an area that was near the shore. The purpose of this strictness was to focus on simplifying life as much as possible so that we may be able to focus on things that are far more important than eating and drinking, such as prayer, helping the needy, growing in holiness, and moderation in eating, and moderation in our attachments to all the things around us. These goals may actually seem contrary to all the values of our modern culture, but this time of the great fast is an opportunity for all of us to grow in these basic Christian values. In a sense, we start from the start. We start with the essentials. Fasting may not be popular, but ironically, the word fast is the one word that best describes the world that surrounds us and how most of us often live. So we want fast computers, fast games, fast flights, and fast cars on fast roads. We also 
want very fast interactions in fast banks, and we want fast foods in very fast restaurants. And unfortunately, we also sometimes want fast services in a fast church. And increasingly more, we want fast relationships that are so fast, they unfortunately end up ending very fast. However, some things are so important, they cannot be fast. That is what makes the great fast great, because it actually challenges us to really slow down. The word fast in the great fast is not synonymous with things that happen quickly, but it is the other meaning of the word fast, which has to do with us holding firm to the things that we believe are essential in our life. So for example, when you get in a car, what do you do? You fasten the seatbelt because we want to protect that which is most precious. This is the meaning of the word fast in the great fast. Our precious faith cannot be lived in the fast lane, but can only be lived by slowing down to see Christ in our lives and holding fast to the things that are most precious. St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans, which we read today, let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and in jealousy, not in drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, and not in quarreling. We need to focus on each and every one of these things and slow down in order to reflect on how our life reflects these virtues that are present to us, not only in this reading, but throughout the entire Bible. If you are having problems slowing down, let's note a few times in the both Old Testament and the New Testament how God himself, though by his nature is very fast, look at the book of Genesis, God says something, and it gets created. But yet, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God slows down purposely in order to communicate to us. If God did not slow down, he would never have been able to be with us in the way that he is today. Throughout the Bible, people experienced the fullness of God's power Ironically, in things and in moments that were very slow. Slowing down actually became a sign of God's power and his interaction with us, not a sign of his weakness. For example, in the book of Job, we read, by his power, he stilled the sea, calmed the seas. And in many other instances, God slowed down and gradually made himself known to us. For example, in the first book of Kings, we read, Behold, the Lord passed by, 
And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. That's where they discovered the Lord. From that still, small voice, God spoke to Elijah, and it is from this very still, small, and quiet voice that God speaks to every one of us who is able to slow down and willing to listen. We see and experience the fullness of God's glory and power, not in the thunders and clouds that may impress us, nor in the speed of life that we keep getting progressively addicted to, but in the moments when we agree to slow down and appreciate all that God has given us. And that's a very, another very important reason why we come to church, to slow down and let go of everything else that we are working on. Ironically, the fullness of His power was only able to, reveal, only able to be revealed to us when he became incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary. At this very moment, God not only slowed things down, but he actually became very slow, growing nine months in his mother's womb. St. Paul tells us in his second letter to the Corinthians, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for our sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. In other words, he slowed down in order for us to be able to see him. He slowed down to the extent that he became a scandal and a hindrance for the belief of some. They could not believe a God could be so simple. When he slowed down to wash the feet of his disciples, one of his closest disciples, Peter, was fully scandalized. Yet Jesus made this a very important lesson for his disciples when he told them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. However, even this, though amazing in itself, was not enough. Jesus slowed down further by slowly dying on a cross. And he was also willing and accepted to be mocked throughout the entire process. Those around him said, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. But he did not need to respond, because it was specifically in his slowing down, even to death, that he became the first dead man to continue to work after he died.
In fact, Jesus spoke most clearly and convincingly through what he did and said in the days that followed. He appeared to the disciples and said to them, I am with you always to the close of the age. But Jesus is slowed down, cannot be with us if we too do not slow down and agree to be with him. If we do not slow down, we will never know what we are missing in our relationship with God and also in our relationship with each others. Each others. This is what we prepare ourselves to experience more fully by living as much as we possibly can the great fast. By fasting from food and drink and the other luxuries that may surround us, by spending time in prayer, by spending time reading the Bible and discussing with it with your family and friends, by simplifying what we eat, and by simplifying our lifestyle, we can focus more intensely on the paradise of blessings that surround us. Ironically, by slowing down, we end up seeing much more. Try this either today or sometime this week. If you are used to going somewhere by car, even a short distance, try taking your bicycle instead. Then notice the things that you have missed for many, many years while simply driving that same route. Then try something a little slower. Try walking there and notice the things that you missed while taking a ride on a bicycle. You could have taken the same road for 5, 10, 20 years, but it is only when we slow down that we will be able to notice the things that we have never seen, or even worse, never appreciated before. Unfortunately, we often rush through life and miss so many things that were intended to bring us the greatest joy. It is not enough to just slow down. For the great fast to be truly great, we need to slow down, to focus on the, fa on the face of Christ, and that he died and rose for us. And through his death and resurrection, he not only conquered death, but also promised to conquer all and everything that may be dead in our lives. During this time of the great fast, we can slow down, and see what these things may be. Look for how we can grow in our faith. This is our true and authentic fast, which focuses on going very slow to hold fast to our faith in the crucified and risen one. When we realize we do not need to be faster than others, and even God, then we can slow down and better see his face and the face and needs of all those around us.